not only all of the concepts and files, but organizing all of the artists because, you know, at one point we had 10 artists. Each of those artists had to be working on something different in order for it to all come together. Hello and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today we're joined by Diane Gonzalez-Ferrante, Executive Producer of Dactronics Creative Services, and Mark Eisenstadt, Dactronics Professional Services Manager. We're going to talk about the Creative Services team and capabilities, as well as a couple recent projects, including at Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. We're here today with Mark and Diane. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? I'm good. Matt's over here too. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk to Diane today. Not that we're not excited to talk to you, Mark, but uh, I think you've been on, I think you're trying to get the record. Is this four or five times that you've been on? Uh, I've lost count. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about getting a whiteboard up and starting to keep track of guests. (laughs) But But Diane's here as well. Diane, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thank you. And we're going to start with Mark, just a reminder uh, of your um, roles here with Dactronics, if you can explain that, please. Yeah, I am uh, our professional services manager, and that means I get to work with all of our really talented and creative groups across Dactronics to help our customers and uh, tenants of venues and show producers to really bring their visions to life and even help them determine what their visions might be. Um, our goal is to provide expertise that they may not have or that they may want to augment or capacity and really help create immersive and exciting audience experiences. Nice. And we've, we've definitely heard Mark's origin story. So maybe I'll just <laughs> uh, cut over to you, Diane. I call them origin stories, but uh, maybe just give everyone kind of a, a introduction to what you do at Dectronics and maybe kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. So I am the executive producer for Creative Services, and I really kind of oversee our creative artists, our um, account, account managers, and um and project managers on all of the creative jobs that we're working on. Um, my background, I, I come from the team side. I spent a, a really long time working um, on the team side for the Detroit Pistons, also at the Palace of Auburn Hills and Little Caesars Arena. So I have been a Dactronics end user for many, many, many years, which I think gives me kind of a rare insight um, into this job now, kind of flipping the switch and, and coming at it from the other side. And maybe, I don't know if we need to go back further, but I'm always kind of curious too, you know, you've been on the team side going there. How did you kind of get started or know that this is kind of the career you wanted to have? Was there kind of a, I don't know, experience in college or something, uh, an internship or anything like that that kind of got you on this path? Yeah, it honestly happened by accident. I um, I needed an elective class and, and there was a broadcasting class that was available. And I mean, I had literally just started uh, my college career. And I sat next to somebody in that class who was doing an internship with the, with the Detroit Pistons at the time. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And the Palace of Auburn Hills had just opened and they just put in a big video board. And I was like, well, that seems like it would be fun to, to work on and program. And, and he said, well, there happens to be another internship that, that's available and um, recommended me for that. And that was the first year that the Pistons won um, the title. So the first mm-hmm. championship in Detroit for the NBA. Um, and I just 
I went in as an intern and they were growing really quickly. And, and so they ended up hiring me full time. And, and I stayed there for a, a really long time through two more NBA championships, through one NHL championship, through three WNBA championships, through one IHL championship and one AFL season. Wow. <laughs> that, that was a long list there. It's like you had to take a few <laughs> breaths to get through all that. <laughs> yeah, starting out with the championship uh, at the beginning is definitely, I would say, something that would hook somebody normally too, right? Like, that's got to be pretty exciting to go through those. Yeah, it was, I mean, certainly every one of them was different and every one of them was memorable. And, um, you know, I feel really, really fortunate to have been able to have worked for one company for that long and to experience that much success. You know, a lot of people go their entire careers and, and aren't a part, part of one championship run. So to be a part of so many is really something truly that I treasure. Yeah, that's exciting and exciting to be with the team for that long, win some championships or, or with those uh, venues as well. And and now we're excited to have you on the Dactronics team. Um, Mark, maybe you can comment a little bit on um, how creative services is uh changing things a little bit with Diane on board. Yeah, it's been really nice to have Diane come aboard and give us a, a breath of fresh air and a different perspective. Um, she's really done a nice job energizing our artists and our account managers. And we're really excited about the work we're doing now. Uh, we were excited before, but we think we've uh, amped it up to some next and next levels. And I'm thinking, um, maybe we'll go back to you then, Diane, as you know, you've been with the team for this long. Now you're on the Dactronic side. Um, and you've, you've worked, like you said, even at the beginning, there was a video board, you know, at the palace of Auburn Hills and now you're on, you're on this side of it. Can you maybe just kind of talk a little bit about what is it like being on this side of the creative services, uh, part of things? Well, I, I I'll tell you, I enjoy the game nights a lot more. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little less stressful, <laughs> <laughs> a little less stressful. Um, but you know, I think, I, I think it's my experience on the team side and my experience with all of those game nights that really gives me a great perspective because, you know, going into the meeting, I know, I know what the, the person on the other side is kind of going through, what their challenges are, what they're looking for, how we can be helpful, how we can be supportive. Um, and I think so. I think that has allowed me to have a really, really good insight. And I, I, on the flip side of that, I think it also provides a certain level of trust. You know, the, the, the people, the teams that I've dealt with so far, um, you know, are, are people that I've, I've known through my career. And they trust because they know that I've been where they're at. They they know that I understand a deadline and I understand what they're up against. And I understand that there are a hundred different ways that they're being pulled, um, headed into whatever event or, or, or production that we're doing for them. And there's something I always think about too, when someone, I mean, has worked with Dactronics for a while and definitely I can't think of anyone else with your amount of experience coming over to Dactronics after that. When um when you started working for us, is is there like a certain thing that you had no idea we did? I mean, it's always curious, right? We talked to some customers right. like, yeah, you guys, you make video boards. Oh, you also do this? Like, was there any kind of those, I don't say shocking moments, but when you started here, you, you didn't know that we did that? Well, I, I, there's two things that come to mind. First off is the event production side of the, of um, our department and, and the vision, you know, I don't think anybody realized it, myself included, how many schools and teams and, and people that are out there that work for Dectronics that are doing, that are executing on event production every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have a call every Monday with all of our event producers from all around and, and to sit with that 
group of people and listen to it. I just think that, that is really a powerful group. And that speaks a lot to the strength of Dectronics, that we're able to have that many groups and that many accounts um, you know, with us and, and who have stayed with us for a really long time, who trust us to put on their game day uh, every single week. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that was the first thing that, that kind of, I, I won't, I wouldn't say I'm surprised at, but um, I definitely had my eyes opened to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second thing that I will tell you, I always knew that Dectronics had very powerful artists and I always knew that they had very talented artists. You can, you can go out and look at any reel or any, any bit of content that we've done and, and the talent level is definitely there. What I didn't realize was the power of being integrated with so many other, um, I'll just say being able to tap into the expertise of so many other departments within Dectronics. You know, we just, and I know we're going to lead into this project um, in Seattle, but we we just came through uh, a, a really challenging um, project that we did and we were able to just, you know, if we needed an engineer, we called an engineer and, and you know, before we were um, even getting started on it. So I think that that speaks to the power of what we have. And, and I think that's something that I was very pleasantly surprised by. Yeah. And that kind of leads into um, how you guys work. I know we'll talk about um, it, things that our customers could possibly expect, but let's let's jump right into um, how we work to create some of those things with different uh, different groups, like you mentioned engineering. Mark, maybe can you comment on how the creative services team leverages the the engineering capabilities or, or of being within Dactronics? Yeah, it's one of the things that um, really is, is unique to Dactronics is that, uh, as Diane described, we have these event producers, we have direct access to engineering, uh, we have access to applications engineering. We can work with the person who's going to train our customers on a new installation or or who did train them on their existing installation. And so we have this ability to take this uh, technical creativity and, and creative technology pieces and com- combine them and really bring forward things that are, are, are harder to imagine or, or harder to accomplish in new and unique and exciting ways. Right. Um, leveraging both of those things and the, and the inherent benefits of both. Right. And I, I think I've heard even in the past that, like you, you mentioned with some producers on site or um, combining those technical capabilities with the creative capabilities, you guys can kind of create something and even have a producer test it on site sometimes and give some feedback to really fine tune things and make it really pop for some customers. Is that right? Yeah. Not just produce our event producers. Certainly they, they do, um, get some opportunity to be on the leading edge of our technology and our creativity uh, as part of being uh, part of our organization. But we're also able to say, to, to bring back that understanding of what people are doing in the industry, whether it's at a, uh, a mall or a sporting venue or a transportation venue. Um, we're able to bring that knowledge back to our creative group from, directly from our customers uh, and from people who are are thinking about these and trying to figure out what they're going to do and what, how they want to engage and impact their audiences. I was going to say you um you're talking about these different levels of experiences and getting feedback from customers and you know it's kind of a question I was thinking too was Diane's listed off all of her experiences of a longtime customer as well. Is there anything kind of with with her experiences and her background now being in her current role at Dactronics that you're looking to kind of I don't say shake things up, but kind of how are we going to use that experience and and things customers maybe can expect? Yeah, we're already seeing it. One of the things that's exciting about having Diane come to Dactronics is it highlights our um, 
our core values within professional services include and our core competencies include storytelling. Uh, whether you're trying to tell a story to somebody who's going to engage with your audiovisual system for seconds as they drive by or for hours as they're in a, in a sporting venue or concert venue, uh, it's all about communicating some story to drive some impact to an individual audience member. And really, Diane has that wealth of experience on how to do that. And then she can reinforce with our teams that also have those experiences and experiences across all of our different kinds of markets that we work with and our customers that we work with to, to bring that concept alive. So Dan, you mentioned, you know, the two things, the event production and kind of all the other things that, that we do here at Dactronics that, um, that maybe were intriguing to you. We said shock maybe wasn't the right way to put it, but, mm-hmm. um, is there anything that you th- you feel that, you know, like customers, customers in general just don't know, like of, of all the different things that we offer with our professional services? I kind of go back to when, um, I was doing a, a new installation and the, the, elements that I really was struggling with what you know were how to use the boards when to use the boards when to have data and then when not to have data and I've learned now that that is probably the most important thing that we do when we, when we're working with newer customers that you know might be installing a new board and and really helping them and guide them I think is is one thing that people should know about creative services that, you know, we're really here to help you get the best use out of your boards and, and out of your installation and out of your displays. So I think that, I think that was something that has become more clear to me. You know, we, we've, we, I've sat on a few calls now with, with customers and with our project managers, especially who are just so good at looking at every little angle and every little every pixel and 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 really defining how those are used and 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 using the best practices all of the experiences that we have become then your best practice right so making recommendations and making suggestions um based on those factors i think is just so helpful you know usually when you're when you're doing a a a newer display or new installation it's when you're you know for example the last couple have been with a new building and when you're when you're opening up a new building not only are you worried about what's going to happen on those displays but you're worried about where your people are going to park and Mm -hmm. and and how you're going to feed the crews and how you're going to do all of those things so i think if we can take you know one little piece of off of them of and and help them through it then i think we've done our job and i think that's the one thing that um certainly people understand but don't understand the extent to which we can help I feel like this is a common occurrence on the podcast and I'm looking for this phrase lately, but it's that we we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Oh, right? nailed it. Farmer's insurance, I think, or state yeah. farm, either one of those, farmers. but farmers, yeah. But that's what I keep thinking of when you're saying all that too, Diane, is we have a lot of different event producers. We've been doing a lot of installations at every level across the country. If you think mm-hmm. of even just down to little league sports to professional sports. So it's one of these, the the amount of experiences that Dytronics has to be able to help, like you said, alleviate some of the, the stress or concerns with people, especially if it's a, a newer installation. But Yeah, guys, it's really daunting sometimes for somebody to engage and purchase and now be told, oh, you're responsible for this audiovisual system and it's big and exciting and new. And they know there's expectations from somebody, mm-hmm. uh, an owner, an athletic director, a superintendent, to really make it do what they imagine. 
Uh, and that's where I think we shine in our professional services group and our creative services group is, is we can help with that. We can make it less concerning. We can make it more fun. Um, and, and we can fill in the gaps where they need help. Yeah. And, and maybe that's a good segue into some of the more recent projects that you guys have worked on. I know we we alluded to a, a project out in Seattle. Diane, can you tell us a little more about that one? <laughs> Absolutely. It was um it was a, a really, really large project that we are still kind of, uh, you know, finishing up and working. But, you know, the the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, I, I don't know if this is true. And, Mark, maybe you can help me out here. I think they have the most displays of any arena out there. I mean, they put in a ton of, of displays. Yes, that's correct. Uh, it's 224 uh, displays. Just most, enjoys the stack guy, yep. The most at any sports venue in the world. <laughs> yeah, yes. Right, right. So, so. You know, kind of going on what we just what we were just speaking about. Then their game operations people and their production people came in and said, "Yeah, but what are we going to put on them?" <laughs> um, and and they have one group in particular that it's called the um, Alaska Airlines Atrium, and the atrium consists of about five displays. There's one. There's a column display. There's a ceiling display that is beautiful. There is what they call an L wrap display, and then down you go down an escalator and down below on this escalator, there is a, an expansive display that goes all the way across the entire um, space on the, the concourse there. And it, it wraps around a bar and then finishes on the other side. So if you can envision between two escalators, one on either end of the, the arena and you go down and now there's just led everywhere there's just a, this display everywhere and i think that i think they would agree with me that they were almost like a little afraid of, of how they were going <laughs> to put how they were going to put content on there so they they enlisted us and and that i think it, it is like the case study of why dectronics is so powerful in this situation because we came in and they had an idea. They wanted to create an immersive experience. So when you went down into these escalators, they wanted, like for the Kraken example, they wanted you to feel like you were going underwater. They wanted you to feel like you were going into the deep, mm. which was their campaign slogan. So they wanted it to be completely immersive and you feel like you were just in in the ocean. You know, I, and I don't know if you know this, but Climate Pledge Arena is built underground. So mm -hmm. it actually is under the water, so to speak. So oh. I kind of envision as a window into the sea that's just, you know, a few blocks away from there. So when we set out to do this, you know, we had <laughs> Johnny Greco, who is the is a genius creative in Seattle, sent us this little uh, paper that he had drawn this picture and I took it to the artists and um, we kind of started building on that and building on how we were going to create this scene um, underwater. But even for, even for Dectronics, we looked at it and we said, wow, those are going to be really, really big files, really big files. Mm -hmm. And the rendering time we knew was going to take hours and hours and hours. So we knew there wasn't a lot of room for, um, missteps. So the first thing that we did for this project is we engaged the engineering staff and the app engineers in particular. And we said, listen, we need to be versatile. We need to be nimble. We need to be able to change this out, knowing that uh, the render times could be 15. To some of, We had some renders that were 24 hours, took 24 hours just to render out the file. Wow. And yeah, it was big, they were big, big files. 
And so we wanted to break it down into different sections to run it. So we went to the engineering staff and said, hey, here's what we're thinking. Will it work? Will it work? And so we had the sign off um, from our engineers and our app engineers saying, yes, you know, you, here's here's our recommendation and here's the, the file types you should use, the file sizes, here's how you should break it down. But we did that before we even drew the first picture. So before we even started focusing on what the scene was going to look with, look like, we already kind of had the backing of our engineering team kind of going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we, we built it. Um, we tested it we looked at it from every different angle um but as you can imagine that when you get into a project that 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 is that large and you know given all of the um you know challenges i think that the last you know two years have brought um you know we were testing and, and working while the climate pledge and Kraken people were working on a completely different part of the building, trying to get their, they'd wanted to get their Interita show going. Mm-hmm. So the, we were really fortunate that we were able to then go in with the trainers and the people who are on site and the app engineers who are on site um, training everybody and, and showing everybody how and making every making sure everything worked, we were able to test all of our files out. And, um, you know, we talked earlier about our customers just being thankful for us to kind of step in and help. I, I will tell you that they were very thankful that, that we stepped in and were able to help like that. Yeah, I was going to say, when anytime you're talking about a lot of displays at a facility, nonetheless, 224, right? There's yeah. that, I'm not sure from the creative services side, it's a sense of excitement or, oh man, this is going to be a lot of different pieces of content. Because I've even seen... You know, some of the pictures and videos that we've been getting back and from when they had their debut a, a couple weeks ago. Um, I can definitely tell. I like your analogy or your explanation of a window into kind of the sea because you definitely get that feeling from some of the content I've seen, whether it was a scuba diver or whale kind of coming through on the ceiling display yeah. and those different things. But when you when you hear 224 displays, Diane, and you have to organize content for all this, does it... I mean, I'm obviously not in that world. I, me- I immediately imagine like a huge Excel spreadsheet and track you track them all. Like, how do you, how do you kind of do it? Do you section them off in different areas and have meetings with different people? Like, how do you even get your head wrapped around content on that many displays? Well, I think for us, it was um, getting organized was the first thing that we really had to do. And we, um, you know, we have a huge here at Tektronics, we have a huge arsenal of very talented people. Not only are our artists the best in the business, the absolute best in the business, but we also have account managers. And and, and I would say on this on this particular um, installation, our project managers, we had to be very very organized. And I will tell you, we um, you know at one time on this project, we had um, an account manager three project managers and about 10 artists wow. all working as as large as the files are you can imagine there were different layers for different files and different displays and and every display needed you know all the different looks so you know i know that, that this is not a visual medium but <laughs> but if you can imagine being under the sea and now you're seeing a seal go swimming through or you're seeing an orca go swimming through and i think we had a diver that was down and each one of those was a separate file so you know we had one of our artists in particular uh, monty ford who's really really good at doing characters and so we enlisted his skill set and said all right monty you know give us your recommendation on, on characters we call them characters um you know i have to say 
um, Jason Rogers and, and Andy Smith and acted as creative directors on this and did a really, really great job in organizing not only all of the concepts and files, but organizing all of the artists. Because, you know, at one point we had 10 artists. Each of those artists had to be working on something different in order for it to all come together um, on the opening night and really kind of showcase the the, the content. It, it, you know what I mean? It all had to come together at one time. So they did a really, really great job. But yeah, it, it was there was a lot to it. There was a lot to it. And and I will tell you that we met daily for a really long time. And I'm sure those guys are glad to not have to meet with me. <laughs> Calendars uh, are freed uh, up a little bit. <laughs> but, but Matt and Justin, there's more. Oh, so yeah. Diane talked in depth just now about the underwater sea, the, the scenes uh, and experience we did for the Kraken. Uh, that's only half the work. Yeah, yeah, because then Climate Pledge, that's a great point, Mark. Um, Climate Pledge Arena, they almost went, they wanted to go ab above the ground, right? So they wanted to showcase um, the natural environment and the beauty of Seattle and the Seattle forestry. And, you know, they're really um, into being the most sustainable arena in the world. They are, and so they, they put a huge value on that. So while all that was happening on the underwater scene, we were also creating a forest scene. Um, and, and it had to be genuine and it had to be authentic. So we did a lot of research on uh, the Seattle environment and what types of trees grow there and what types of ferns. Mm -hmm. I think uh, <laughs> if you ask some of our people about, about ferns that are authentic to the Seattle, they'll be able to name off three or four right away. Um, you know, and then the, there was a, there was the challenge. This is kind of a funny story. We we wanted to have some wildlife, so we were looking at ways to kind of incorporate, um, you know, some of the wildlife there. And yes, there was there was a sighting of, of a Sasquatch. I will tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> yeah, natural you wildlife. To, you, <laughs> yeah, you have to look really you have to look really really close when you're there. But if you look really really close when you're there, you'll be able to see it. Um, <laughs> Okay. But one of the challenges is we had a butterfly going through and the screens are, the, the displays are so big that at first the butterfly looked like it was six feet tall and it, and it, it became almost a scary butterfly. Oh, <laughs> we no. Trial and error, we had to get the butterfly to where you could still see him going across the screen, but it looked more authentic than, um, it, than having a six foot a butterfly but but yeah and and if you can imagine we were building those not just for that large expansive wall that was in the lower level of the atrium but then upstairs there were um there was a column that we had to build for and then there was a big ceiling display so we had to you know work within that environment, we kind of took the approach with that environment that if you were down on the main floor, you were at ground level. And then as you went upstairs into the column and some of the others, it took you higher into the forest line. Wow. So you would see, you know, you would see the fog and the, in the tops of the trees and you would start to see the cloud and the sunshine and, and um, elements like that. So, oh man, I'm, yeah, I'm chiming pretty, in here. That's, that's so much. You've been talking about yeah. different environments <laughs> yeah. and really capturing the environments, whether it's undersea or the Seattle climate and, and the, the wildlife around there and Sasquatch. The, the correct plants and, and things like that. And it's also about the scale of those characters. You mentioned the different characters, but you're also getting them correct to scale. So they're not, like you said, a huge giant scary butterfly, but also like more realistic and everything feels genuine and, and engaging. So 
This is huge. And all of this you've been talking about sounds like it's on uh, stuff that's mainly in the concourse or not even in the main seating bowl yet. I mean, I'm sure some of it might uh, creep in there as well, but this is such a huge project. Uh, I don't know if this can show the the depth of the capabilities of the team any better than, than what you've been uh, sh- sharing with us right now. It, it, it really does. And and I, I mean, I, I say hats off to our um, our artists and, and project managers and account managers, because by the way, did I mention that when um, when we started this project and I showed them the little sticky note, Mark, I had been here for what, two weeks or something like that. <laughs> and so they had to really tr- kind of trust in me too, that um, I, was, I wasn't gonna lead them down a, a, a wrong path either. So um, I think it, it did a lot for our internal team building but but yes externally certainly i think that this showed showed the world just just what we're capable of here at dectronics and um you know it's already kind of because of this we're getting calls from you know other groups are saying hey we want that we want that (laughs) and this is this is a lot of different things and you've you've already said too right this is obviously not a visual medium diane but we will um, include a lot of uh, photos and, and different things in the show notes. If we have videos up by then, we'll post links to those as well. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, make sure to check out these show notes to see a little bit. I mean, we can't show all because that's a lot of displays, but we'll pick some of the cool ones that you've been talking about, Dan, and put them in there. Um, and then maybe we'll go over, um, I don't know, we can start with you, Mark, if you want to, but another project we've helped out recently um, that we actually had on the podcast the other week was the uh, Central Collegiate Hockey Association. You want to touch on that project a little bit? Yeah, that was another really exciting one where, our creative capabilities come through, but really in coordination with our technical capabilities. Uh, the CCHA was looking to create their web streaming presence and their broadcast style presence. And they were trying to figure out who could partner with them to do both of those things, uh, the technology side and the content side, to move forward into this uh, first year with this new platform. And uh, they reached out, and we were able to, to connect them up, and, and each of the eight institutions got a live book, which is a product we make, uh, specifically really highly powerful for web streaming for sports products or sports events. Mm-hmm. And then we coupled that with the ability to create the entire broadcast package for them, all the graphics, all the interstitials, the, the matchup graphics, the stats uh, bars, the stats looks, all those fun things. And the programming to make those work and, and render in real time uh, as 3D elements through the live book product. So it was really, really exciting project to, to be able to build from the ground up. Quite similarly to uh, the Kraken, it, it started with just an idea that the uh, CCHA had. And I know you spoke with Dominic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what do we want to do? And he had done a lot of work in prep for this first season of this platform. And he shared a whole bunch of ideas, and and we really spent a, a fair amount of time just trying to work through with him uh, what ideas he liked, what he'd seen that he didn't like, and and really build out this whole package. And, and it's exciting, um, and it's fun for us. Uh, we don't all get to go to Seattle to see our work in Seattle, but we any of us can sit at home and go to CCHA dot uh, TV, I believe it is. And, and watch our work during a live broadcast. It's really cool. Yeah, you, you we're talking about two different things now. We're, we're talking about an actual in-venue stadium experience mm-hmm. where, where you're crea- creating some amazing graphics for the physical displays there. But then we're also talking about more of uh, logos and branded and, and graphics and stats package experience for uh, broadcast TV type, type, uh, type 
productions that are going on there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, and and Dominic had said it too, and when we talked to him, Mark, he said, you know, part of it is just this overall branding of the CCHA, making it look professional, and you and you hope recruiting helps out with that as well. But he had said in the in the podcast episode with us that he had already had a coach call and say that he was getting a couple of recruits mentioning to him that they wanted to go there because they watched the streaming and how professional it looked. So he had one of these, because I think he told us too, right, the goals of what he was looking to do with these mm-hmm. live books and, and with the CCHA, and it's already working like exactly how it planned. So that's always cool to see something come to fruition like that. Yeah, it might be good for us to get a quote from that coach. Yeah, I know, right? We're going to grab that snippet out of there and use that for sure. But yeah, we should definitely get that coach on to talk about next. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really incredible stuff. And, and again, this idea, like Diane was describing earlier, of being able to connect the technology with the artist and, and create something using both of the, the creativity and the technology together that either of those alone wouldn't be able to deliver. And it's really exciting. I was able to share some of that CCHA content uh, recently with some people and they couldn't, they were just blown away. And these are professionals in the industry and they were blown away at the level of quality that the CCHA could bring forward. Uh, Really exciting stuff. Yeah. Those are, those are two really, really kind of different, but yet unique projects that we just talked about there. Can you tell us anything about kind of what's on the horizon or, or what's, what's coming next? I know, um, we've done some content for some baseball teams recently this year and, and last year. Um, and it sounds like that's kind of the next wheelhouse for what we're, what we're working on for a creative service side. Is that correct? Yeah. Hard, hard to believe the world series just ended. Uh, it seems like yesterday. And uh, <laughs> I don't even think we've announced all the various award winners uh, through, through this past season. And uh, we're already very focused on baseball. It's, it's already time to start thinking about baseball uh, from all of our perspectives, from creative and content to uh, technology to stats and integrations, all of those things. It's already baseball season for a lot of us, uh, and which is scary since I think college basketball doesn't even start till like maybe tonight or tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> but, but we're already ready to go for uh, minor league and major league baseball and starting to think about that. All right. Yeah. And it is crazy to think about, about baseball already. Um, so, I mean, we're already thinking ahead, um, aside right. from, uh, from baseball right now, are there any, um, trends or anything that you guys are seeing with customers out there that we're helping with? I mean, I think the one thing that I would say is we're, we are getting many, many inquiries on, um, the force perspective and, um, working with, you know, a number of projects, um, in that medium. So I think that, you know, more to come on that and, and some exciting things to, to, see in the future on that but that's a that's a big focus for us right now force perspective always performs well i think justin right on any youtube video we do of that i mean and it's it's in Mm -hmm. Times square it's in casinos it's in sports entertainment venues it seems to be everywhere it's just one of those that's definitely growing in popularity you you don't understand how it's working but it (laughs) but it works kind of thing but um, I don't know, Mark. Did you have anything else, Mark, for for any trends that you're well, Matt, seeing? Well, Matt, that's there? the exciting part is uh, is our our customers and our friends that are uh, owning these displays or operating these displays don't have to understand how it works. Well, we can do that. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I work for Dak, and I don't understand it at all. So that's why I definitely have to go to people like you to explain it to me as well. But. Uh, uh, I'll just say there's a lot of math, and remember those geometry and trigonometry classes that you didn't want to go to. In I high try school? to forget, but yeah. Yep, that's that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so uh, I think the other things that, that we're seeing out there in the world is that 
you know, the Kraken have 224 displays. Very soon, uh, UBS Arena will be opening in New York, and it has tons of displays. And we're seeing uh, digital displays in high schools, in new and interesting places. We're seeing digital displays at all kinds of stores and malls and all over the place. And, and frankly, there's uh, just so much that people really do need a partner uh, to help them, uh, a partner to help them understand what can be done, uh, how it can be done, how to maintain it, uh, how to how to create that audience impact, that excitement uh, to drive their audience to come back or to spend or whatever their goal might be for their digital displays. And we're excited because we think this is a place where we can help a lot of people. And, and at the end of the day, that's what we do. We help people. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like it's that experience and stuff that we've always merged well with our displays and creative services and in the in bowl type areas. But yeah, as you're mentioning, Mark too, there's more and more things outside the bowls we're helping with. I mean, even these experiences that Diane has been touching out the crack and a feeling like you're going into, you know, the ocean into the sea and an experience before you even get to your seat and you're watching the event going on. So it's, it's definitely more about the experience. I think I've heard the phrase many times around Dectronics is the customers are trying to get people to come early and stay later. So it's no longer about just coming and watching the game. you got to create a, an experience while you're there. Yeah, and it's not just uh, these these venues where they're, you're getting to a seat where they're trying to create experiences. Uh, we have customers in all of our markets trying to create experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. So outside of the sports world, you mentioned some shopping centers and, and different things like that, or if it's whether casinos, ca- even casinos yep. or even even places like Times Square and, and out in out on billboards where you're seeing some of that forced perspective content outdoors. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of taking people by surprise and catching their attention. Um, what are some of your favorite things that you've seen out there that are kind of pushing the boundaries or, or different trends that that are really uh, making you take notice? Yeah, from my perspective, guys, the things that are really interesting to me are the ways that customers and and operators and system owners are thinking about their spaces and where they can place a display or audio system that they might never have thought of before. And then how do they use that display or audio system to drive some kind of a goal? Uh, It's really exciting to see out there. There's just all kinds of new applications and new places that people are trying to engage an audience with the system. And Diane, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I mean, I was just kind of, <laughs> my mind went more to, yes, I agree wholeheartedly with what Mark was saying. And then once they place those systems, they need to figure out what to put on those systems, which is where we come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And and we're more than uh, happy to talk with anybody who's interested in doing that. And we can give them a link to how to contact our creative services team in the show notes here. And um, I also just want to thank both of you for coming on and sharing all that information, Diane, your background and coming to the Dactronics team, um, what our creative services team can do for customers and how they work. Definitely hearing about those interesting things you've been doing for some of our customers from the Kraken to CCHA and, and more for baseball coming up. We're excited to see what comes out next. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dactronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes. <laughs>